Hi everyone and welcome to episode 7 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. Uh, with you, BJ Ryan and the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Hello, Terry. Hello, Beige. Good to uh, be here. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, etc., etc. Happy birthday too, I believe. Yeah, no, it was on the on the 31st, so we all had a, a big party uh, nationwide, worldwide actually, to celebrate my birthday. So uh, <laughs> it was, uh, no, it was good of everyone. So I can't believe we're up to episode 7 already. It's crazy. How time flies, eh? That's right. It was, wasn't was that long ago where we were just uh, brainstorming a podcast and here we yeah. are, seven episodes in. So, exactly right. Um, and all the best to you for uh, 2020, Terry. Yes, and vice versa. And to all our listeners, of course. Uh, mm. Big thanks to Daniel Cripps, Cripper, joined us on the 1-1 last week. Uh, hopefully, we can catch Cripper again on the 1-1 before he heads back to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And also, we're, uh, we're pretty keen to get more people involved uh, as we grow the podcast who in do you want to see? Who do you want to see on here, BJ, in particular? Well, interesting that uh, there was an article in the West the other day about a young trainer set, setting up a satellite stable in uh, Ascot, Luke Fernie from Kalgoorlie. I think it would be very interesting to get him on the podcast. What do you think about that one, Terry? Yeah, no, Luke's a, a cracking bloke, so I'm just a bit concerned if we get Luke on the podcast, he'll drag me to the pub afterwards. So that's my only major concern with, uh, with having him on, but uh, no, I'd love to have Luke on the potty beach. I think that'd be a great addition. Yeah, I think the the Fernie stable. Uh, obviously, they've taken they've gone ahead in leaps and bounds in the last couple of seasons, especially in 2019. And looks like they're uh, investing in in having an even better 2020 with Luke at the helm of the Ascot op, uh, side of the operation mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we're looking forward to to getting as many people involved with the podcast in 2020. Exciting uh, times ahead. So um, last Saturday. December 28th at Ascot. Mm. Uh, actually, all weekend there was a couple of there was a few very short odds-on pops who got rolled and there were. kicked off with uh, Santa Brianna in the first at Ascot last Saturday. Yeah, it did. Uh, I think we alluded to the fact that we all we all three. I mean, Cripper and we both said we marked it about a dollar fifty dollar sixty. I think you were the same, and we um, but we just said no, we can't take it. It's, it's you have to be very brave taking a uh, sort of a sit and sprinter with a. Um, a young apprentice on who's still finding his feet in Western Australia. So I uh, I think our fears were probably justified by the end of the race. It's not necessarily that he rode it horribly. It's just a difficult horse to handle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw the previous start. I don't know what it would have traded at live, but as a party, he looked to be under all, all types of sufferance in the Placid Arc at about the 600. So I just think it was a very... Uh, it was a poor booking, I think, mm. from the from the trainers. You really got to stick with Joey and um and and cop the extra three kilos there. But we live and learn, BJ. Yeah, um, I, th- I think sometimes the, the there is an obsession with weight here, and especially in Western Australia, actually Australia wide, really. But I think I just got to ask myself, what's three kilos r- really worth, especially with um, I put that on on Christmas Day alone, BJ. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You're not on your own there, Terry. But yeah, what's what's it really worth? Uh, and that. And especially when you're putting an apprentice on who doesn't really know the horse, hasn't got mm. a relationship with the horse, um, and and it looked like she she does look like a particularly difficult uh, horse to ride. I wonder if they um, if they had the chance to make that decision again, whether they would have would have booked the apprentice and or just gone with the 57 kilos and Joseph as a party I think so. on board as a party on and it wins. I think you'll find. What yeah, about, and it, uh... it's, it's a shame though that the apprentice. Um, does cop a bit of flack uh, for the ride when you know I think that some of the ownership needs to go on of the decision needs to go back onto the trainer and the, the connection stops at the top. So yeah, I think it's it's got to it can't all just be put on the 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 
rider on the day, the decision-making process pre, pre-booking needs to needs to be questioned as well. I agree. And what about this little test, Joe? What did you think of uh, Willie's effort uh, on um, that uh, exciting mare? T- yeah, I would have liked to have seen him just ride it as if he was riding her in a maiden, just yep. straight to the front. Uh, utilize her her speed. Pretend she was in a four hundred meter trial. Exactly. Yeah. I. I yeah. I don't know exactly what the plan was pre race. Uh, whether whether it was okay if we cop any if we can't cross just to sit outside leader. I just it wasn't a very good place to be on the day for mm-hmm. starters. And it just took her and it, she was just so far out of her comfort zone. And the the figures that I've seen back that up as well they went particularly slowly and yep. and compared that to her breathtaking win two starts back she was just ridden completely upside down just negated her strengths didn't it beach sure did and, and you know and J- jason brown and jimmy taylor and all the taylor stable they got their uh they big price in the end for all had won a couple in a row yeah and they they came out they obviously had some sort of plan and well, almost a trap really um mm-hmm. to 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 make this Testia and pikey just the just, wily old fox, JB, hey? Yeah, it just made him think about what he was going to do. Do you reckon he would have smiled after the race? He would have loved that, yeah, Jason reckon? Brown. Yeah, yeah, he would have loved that. If too. I was him, I would have loved it He's a too. hard man to get a smile out of, Jason, though. Yeah, no, he would have been smiling for sure. Oh, the, he would have loved that one. This, yeah, I think Pikey just he just fell into a bit of a trap there with, with that. But um, what I will say is it's great to see some, I don't know, some tactical nous going on mm. and finding a way to get a dollar... $25.35 pop rolled. Uh, that's what racing's all about. Like, it is a horse race. So, I reckon um, there might be some big punters around Perth that disagree with you. That's what racing's all about. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good spectacle, wasn't it? It was good. And, and it just showed that uh, she's got a hell of a lot to learn. Uh, she's got, obviously, just a massive amount of raw ability. Mm-hmm. But uh, at this stage, might be a, a touch one-dimensional. But it's a pretty good... Dimension. Uh, dimension, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so maybe, and I think Adam Durant was was uh, on uh, on Tab Radio on Sunday, yep. and he made a point that they they got the tactics wrong on the day, and that in future they will be uh, riding her to utilize her speed, which mm-hmm. is which will be good to see. I think so. This brings me to my a talking point that flares up on Twitter every now and then mm. uh, about William Pike. So he's walked away with four of the eight last Saturday, which is just you know not. Um, not a bad day's work, really. Uh, some of his riding was was just, you know, he just had them Majestic. in the right spot. But mm-hmm. that that you know that ride on um, on Morning Song, three back the fence or whatever he was, just angled out, mm-hmm. got the run at the right time. And his particularly his ride on Midnight Sky was inch yep. perfect. He goes a, t- a stride early, he goes a stride later, he, get, he gets rolled either way. However, my question to you, Terry, is: Do you think Pike on leaders? Do you think leaders? Front runners is William Pike's Achilles heel. Uh, I wouldn't say Achilles heel, but I would say the market overreacts uh, for William Pike on those type of runners. I often find that you're not gaining a huge amount extra from having Pike on a horse that's going to be rolling along out in front. He, he rates them fine. Occasionally, he can probably, as I think a lot of Perth jockeys uh, are guilty, I'll probably rate some, um, tries to rate them a bit too well and tries to keep them underneath him a little bit too much. But I don't think what you're paying for price-wise for a horse compared to what you gain extra from Pike being on to in any number of jockeys. I mean, she doesn't, she's not riding as much as the moment. Taylor Stone was a tremendous front-running jockey. I mean, if, people, if you've mentioned oh, Pike and Taylor Stone in the same sentence, most people would probably wouldn't be able to see how you could have a correlation. But I, I used to love having Taylor Stone on, on front-running horses, and you tend to get a really nice price about it too. So I think as a punter, you have to be wary that you're not getting the advantage that the market... Um, 
takes off you uh, price-wise from Pike being on a front runner. So I tend to like to uh, price them a little bit longer than they uh, they start, Beach. Yeah, I think if if Pike was to sit down, William Pike was to sit down and honestly make a list of his strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. his strengths would be hell a very long list because he's the best in the business, especially in Western Australia. And I would imagine that leaders front running horses would be on his list of, of weaknesses not saying that he's bad at it but he's he can improve significantly at it but maybe it's his new year's resolution perhaps perhaps, perhaps but mm. we say that however pike on leaders brings us back to one of terry's perth greatest perth cup moments oh uh, yes and uh remembering that of course it's perth cup day at ascot this saturday so terry can you can you uh, relive some of your perth cup highlights yeah. of the year I'm not as enthusiastic. Uh, we're heading to the track actually on Saturday Beach. Anyone's around and wants to come and have a beer with us in the Stone Mother or wherever we happen to be throughout the day. Um, but no, I remember in 2000 and you have to correct me here, 2015, 2014, uh, Pikey was riding Real Love and it was actually my biggest investment on a racehorse uh, at that stage of proceedings in my uh, fledging, fledging career, we'll go with that word, fledgling career. Um, but I, uh, and he went to the top and I, I wasn't a happy man. I actually, I think I, um, I got quite, uh, quite disappointed in William throughout the run. And, uh, unfortunately, fortunately the horse was too good and it still got the job done. And I remember them interviewing Pikey after the race and he, um, and he said, uh, he said, oh, halfway through, he goes, geez, I'm in a massive, I'm in a big, 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 uh, I'm in a lot of trouble, basically, if, uh, if this gets done. So uh, he was probably just as relieved as anybody else. But um, I reckon you've probably got a couple more uh, Be- Perth Cup stories for us, Beige, than, uh, than I would. Didn't you, have a, didn't you have a great memory about the Western Jewel Perth oh, Cup, ridden, yeah. ridden by Kiri, you were the first yes. female jockey to win a Perth Cup? Yeah, no, um, all the, uh, my old man was a, uh, pretty astute judge himself. Didn't mind a didn't mind a, a punt, as I'm sure anyone that knows him would be completely aware. And um, he was tipping us uh, Western Jewel probably two months out. Took all the early prices. I think it was thirties into about about ten to one or so. And um, all the boys were on, and we all went to the races that day. And um, we're all standing on the stairs, and he's gone to the fence to watch it. And we've just someone said, "Where is he? Where is he?" After the after Western Jewel absolutely brained them, and um, we saw this big bald. Old bloke storming through the crowd, both arms are lost and um, declaring, because his daughter was about to turn 21, this is paid for April's 21st. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, that's one of my favourite uh, memories of the Perth Cup beach. I didn't have much on myself, purely on his minor tip, but uh, no, that was, that was definitely a memory uh, which will stay with me. How about, uh, how about you, Beach? Um, well, my family has, a, has a, a strong affinity with the Perth Cup. My father, Bernie Ryan... Uh, luckily enough, during his uh, riding career, won two Perth Cups, 1968 on Linton Mark and 1977 on uh, on Miros. So we, um, in our household, the uh, we grew up as as huge fans of the the Perth Cup. When when the Perth Cup was the race and mm-hmm. and the event uh, for West Australian horse racing and was the pinnacle of racing in this in in this state. So um, yeah, the replay, the Miros replay. Um, the tape got worn out. We watched it. I watched it so many times as a kid, and really helped develop my my love of of thoroughbred racing and West Australian horse racing. So, from a personal point of view, the Perth Cup is is um, has a has a strong. Um, we have a strong connection with the race as a family. But growing up, I was lucky enough to get to get to most Perth Cups. Um, one of the greatest things I ever saw was Crying Game. A three year old uh, won the Derby 
in um, and then went on to to win the Perth Cup as a three-year-old in in 1996. Paul Harvey in the saddle led all the way and uh, and won by panels of fencing. He was he was something special that horse. And unfortunately, the Eastern Seaboard, while he ended up winning more races, the Eastern Seaboard didn't necessarily see the best of that horse in years to come. But he was something special as as a three-year-old in. Um, in, in 1996 and uh, of course it's pretty hard to, to go past King of Saxony's win in the 1999 Perth Cup he was uh, he was having his first start since April of that year so it was uh, six months first up after six months Johnny Miller SJ Miller King of Saxony won and who did he beat that day Terry? Who did he beat Reg? He beat Rogan Josh oh, yeah, who went on uh, to have a reasonable career went on to win the, the 1999 Melbourne Cup so yeah King of Saxony's winning 99 will go down in WA Racing folklore um, and uh, yeah what a, what, a, what a great race it's been over the years so many memorable memorable moments and um, having just finished 2019 Terry uh, there was a heap of memorable moments in West Australian racing. Um, for me, I I don't know. I don't know if you can go past Jag McNaught's six winners at Belmont um, during the winter as as probably the one of the peak highlights for the uh, for the 2019 year calendar I year. I don't think I backed any of the six. I actually found that to be a low light beach to be honest. <laughs> And I think Taxagano was a good thing beat that day, so she could have even uh, yeah. she could have even ridden seven. So drew, drew the inside gate from memory, didn't it? Which it did. didn't suit. Well, we'll it get did. to that. I reckon it, in time. Yeah. It did, but but yes, Terry, what was your highlight for twenty nineteen? Oh, personal point of view, it's got to be the the Caracatta Plate win. Um, I think it was pretty well publicised. For those that don't know, we we had a small share in Dig Deep, and uh, it was a win we which meant a lot to my late father at the time, and he collected the trophy himself. And um, yeah, it was a it was a fairly big month for him. With uh, with his daughter getting married not long after, so uh, it was a very emotional win, and um, yeah, I, I reckon that will be the my number one racing memory, not just of 2019, but of a life. I reckon, Beach. So um, yeah, there's a couple of bad ones too. A couple of bad ones. If you want to look at a few of, uh, should we we should put something on the the Twitter sphere? Actually, what do you reckon? Yeah, put it out to the, to the yeah. masses. Next next week we'll come up with a uh, uh, a good and a bad, a favourite punting story. It can be a punting story. It can be a racing memory. Throughout the year, it can be um, highlights and lowlights. Highlights and lowlights, exactly right. We'll call it the good, the good and the bad. Um, maybe we'll give away a couple of free passes to next week's uh, pub tour. Sounds like a plan, what Terry. I reckon, yeah, I reckon the Perth pub tour can uh, dish out a couple of free passes to next week's pub tour. So we'll chuck something on Twitter during the week. Give us your um, your best or your worst or both um, racing related story. It can be on the punt. It can be not related to punting. Um, well, I think all of mine would be related to punting probably. But um, chuck them on the Twitter sphere, and we'll uh, we'll pick a couple out during the week and and dish out a couple of free pub tour passes for next week. So the Perth Pub Tour, uh, the one-one teaming up with the Perth Pub Tour and Betfair to uh, yes. to catch up in the Perth CBD next Friday night, January ten, starting at six thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put information again on Twitter. But if anyone's looking to to make a booking, go to the uh, Perth Pub Tour website. Also jump on at the one-one pod on Twitter, and there's all the information that you require there. Exactly, We're running it for cost as well, Beach. So your thirty bucks will get you three drinks, and uh, that's three, not free drinks, uh, and some food. So your thirty bucks basically just uh, is covered instantly by uh, by what you're getting there. So let's hope we can get a good turnout and have a few beers and try and find some winners for the following day. Sounds good. Sounds good. So it's time to thank our uh, fantastic sponsors, Terry, the Mundaring Hotel. 
Heart of the Hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. The publican there, Ian O'Connor, go join Butchie for a feed, flutter, and some froffies. The Mundaring Hotel, of course, is the sponsor of our WA Racing Mastermind competition. Last week, we stumped them, Terry. Mm. We got them. So we didn't have a Mastermind winner last week as no one was able to answer all four questions correctly. However, the sticking point was the 1993 ATA Stakes winner, Calypso, who was the trainer of Calypso. So we threw that out to Twitter and um, Kieran Evans, a friend of the podcast, was the first person to correctly name Ross Price as the trainer of the ATA Stakes winner, Calypso, back in 1993. So Kieran Evans got the $100 voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Congratulations, Kieran and um, go up there and say good day to Butchie and the crew up at the Mundaring Hotel and enjoy. So uh, we'll be reading out this week's Masterminds quiz questions after we preview race four on Perth Cup Day. So stay tuned for those questions. And we also have to thank Market City Meats, our sponsor Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show um, and market, so go see Timmy and he'll look after you, tell him that you're a, a listener of the One One Racing Podcast. So Market City Meats sponsor the very popular Get Out Stakes competition. Last week, we had two winners. Both landed on Morning Sun Song by 1.5 lengths and William Pike got the job done 1.22 lengths was the official margin. Congrats to Grant Rowe and Alison McGruddy, who were the uh, the winners last week. Alison may or may not be the wife of jockey Sean McGruddy, so the jockeys are listening, punters. I was about to say that sounds familiar, Beach. Are we going to have? Is it going to be a protest into that, or it's all very public, actually? Isn't it is it? very so public. So we can, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can allow that one to stand. I think you might find. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Alison is my sister as well. So um, she she got on the on Twitter correctly, lodged her answer, and both. Grant and Allison will be receiving $50 stake packs for courtesy of Market City Meats. So we're getting close to starting the preview, Terry. Let's get into it. So just remember to stay tuned after the preview for our horses to follow, our top-notch trialers and whatever happened to segments. And just a reminder that there are quite a few of our horses to follow going around at Bunbury this Sunday. A few of them are actually clashing against each other, but we'll discuss that later. Okay, it's time to start the preview for Perth Cup Day this Saturday, January 4. Terry, the rail's in the three-metre position. How are you anticipating that the track will play? What is the pattern that you'll be looking for? Well, first of all, I'm pretty confident I'm going to tip the majority of the card, actually, Beige, to be <laughs> honest with you. So I'm, I'm really, really like this, mate, and I really like there's some value, there's some favourites. There's a, a good mixture all in all, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, rail at the three metres, uh, I am pretty happy suggesting early on um, the easterly will be in play. It's going to be swinging um, around as the afternoon progresses. Yep. So I reckon early in the day you want to be on pace and closer to the speed. I reckon it'll be really, really difficult the first couple of races to um, to make proper ground. So uh, we're definitely going to be looking at horses settling closer to, and as it happens to be, I mean, that's where the, the fancies probably are going to be anyway and the ones that I've got my eye on. So, But as the day progresses, I, I think it'll fare out um, quite a lot. Only 28 degrees, which is perfect conditions to get to uh, to get to Ascot for the Cup. So, yeah, no. Uh, on pace early and fairing out as the day progresses. Excellent. All right. Time to dive into race one for the two-year-olds. The Tab Touch Better Your Bet Plate over 1,000 metres. I 
I think this is just about the best two-year-old race we've seen this year so yeah. far to tell this season. Comfortably, Beach, comfortably. I'm actually uh, quite excited about this. I haven't really, uh, I don't think I've barely had a bet in a two-year-old race or a, um, a real interest so far this season. But this is really, really interesting. If you are... Uh a uh, few different things to dissect here. I, I, I've ended up with a real standout elect, though, and I, this is close to uh, close to. I might end up having about six best of the day, by the way, so I <laughs> apologise in advance. But uh, Sunny Silk, I thought, was huge um, on debut. You tipped it yeah. uh, a fortnight ago. And um, after missing the kick, Renee probably got a little bit further back than she would have liked, ended up back last. Um didn't miss the kick horribly and she she had to restrain at that point and got the back of American Choice but so many things just went wrong for her throughout the run she had to peel early make a sustained run and that's that's really difficult to do um, as a two year old on debut so uh, I think with Joey as a party going on from barrier four um, snippets and filly I, I think she'll be just in behind them could even if she jumps well enough she could even find um, a spot in the first two but mm. I just think with the race experience um, and, and Joey going on who's who's riding a lot of winners at the moment I, I think she'll be really really difficult to beat um, a horse I wanted to discuss with you BJ was a horse by the name of Gemma's son uh, won a trial by 10 um, back in October and now hasn't trialed again um, before his race debut what are your what are your thoughts on uh, on this cult well with the magic millions to your race fast approaching mm -hmm. it's no surprise to see, to see that we're, there's a bit of form coming together for this particular two-year race uh, I think Gemma's son Geez, that was a powerful trial win. I don't know what the opposition was like that it beat, but it just steamrolled them um, and did it in really strong fashion. Terry? what That's one thing I want to look at. So it's won a trial by 10 in a time that day, which wasn't super. The horses that ran second and third, I think they were both Steve Wolf horses, yep. and both of them have trialed uh, before or after, and they basically couldn't walk in their trials. So I think you might find it ran into a really 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 poor trial field which has made its performance probably look a little bit stronger than it was secondly to that i look at this from david harrison's point of view okay you've got Gemma's son and you've got sunny silk okay two of the two of the fancies in the race who's your number one jockey choice joey, for that stable yeah joey, joey has a party, a party at the 100%. Yeah. joey has a party so i'm looking at the fact that harrow is putting joey as a party on his number one runner um in that field um and for me that would be sunny silk. But uh, it's intriguing though, isn't it, Beige? It is intriguing. I feel that Chris Parnham is just keeping the saddle warm for Paul Harvey when he returns from suspension. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I think it's a, I think it's a good uh, clash between the Harrison stable mates. On debut, I tipped sunny silk. And um, as you alluded to, she wouldn't, there wouldn't have needed to be a much um, much to change for her to get the the win rather than finishing a close up second to American Choice. Mm -hmm. I yeah, even though Gemma's song didn't beat a lot in that trial, was really powerful, was under under a hole, just moved like a nice horse. So I ended up with with Gemma's son on top from a tipping point of view to beat um, beat Sunny Silk, and then obviously the race experience American Choice is going to get the right run from, the, from two. Could we get under a few guards American Choice here yeah, and probably start do. the price even just about? But it's just one of those races where if you if you do the deep dive on the, some of the trial form, there's just some there's a lot 
there's a lot of um, to, to sift through. Are we going to let another Paul Jordan two-year-old go around at 15 to 1 or something by the time yeah, they jump? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it looked quick. It looked powerful. They, uh, there isn't much. There is probably isn't a better trainer besides Simon Miller at getting first starters to win yep. in WA. So, yeah, it's, it's a cracking two-year-old race. Yeah. If Janora uh, begins well and can find the, the front... It's going to run them along and show some cheat. Easterly early as well, Beach. Yeah. So, but for me, I'm not that confident in, to, to play in this particular race. Uh, but I do think it is, a, um, it is a flip of the coin between the Harrison pair, Gemma's son and Sunny Silk. Very keen, Sunny Silk. Very keen, Sunny Silk. Race experience. Leads or sits just behind them and uh, three bucks is enough. There's been some early money, but 550 into 280 this morning. That probably tells you a little bit of a story, doesn't it? But just with uh, a few of the other runners we discussed, American Choice, American Choice, uh, even the Big Fish for Luke Fernie. Um, Actually, all day session trial quite well. All day session, yes. Yep, that's well. about 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and Janora, I suspect they'll all get some support, which means we should see three bucks late for Sunny Silk and... That'll guess off to a winning start, I reckon, Beach. Okay. Okay. Fast start for yeah. uh, for Terry and his followers. So race two is the Amelia Park Handicap. Three-year-old race over 1,000 metres. Now, Indian Pacific is the uh, is the, the early all the early money spin for him. Yeah, good he, numbers on debut. Yeah, that was a pretty smart debut win uh, at the, over the, this track and distance on the December 18. Found that began cleanly from gate one, found the front, controlled the race, and showed some real class late, just the way that he drew clear. Holy Ghost stablemate ran second to him that day, and he uh, he came out and won uh, last Sunday. Unfortunately for us, we were on yep. the second and third, or was it not? We were not pretty, pretty. We basically declared it a two horse race with a prim and proper and uh, snippy miss. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, we weren't. Uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't back in the form stable in, in WA at the moment. Geez, they're going good, the Neville Palmer they camp. Are, flying. So the only question for me is, is, can Indian Pacific jump and find the fence in front? I believe he can. If he What's does... What's your danger? Uh, to, to lead him? Yes. I've got um, one that I think is going to lead. Maybe Fame City might want to lead yes. uh, with the blinkers, blinkers on. on. Uh, you watch trials before... Yeah, it showed a bit run. of gate speed Very last week Very good gate well. speed. So. Um, I suspect that Brody might... Hand up to Indian Pacific, maybe. Brad, you can bully him out of it. Oh, not so much that. I just think his his best bet is probably to follow the favourite. Yep. But um, but yeah, Indian Pacific for me leads with, with we've got dreams um, sitting outside leader. If Indian Pacific crosses to the rail in front, I just don't know whether they're going to be able to run him down. Um, I'm pretty keen on Indian Pacific, and I see the price has been knocked off. This morning, Terry. So, um, what, what are your thoughts on on this thousand meter race for the? I'm three not sure runs? who knocked that price off. I uh, I agree with you 100. I'm basically this is a map pattern. There's two way mm. this goes. Fame City kicks up. Indian Pacific ends up outside of Fame City. Kyra then probably ends up three deep on. We've got dreams. That gives Pikey potentially mm. a perfect trail on with um, a very underrated horse by the name of Ginger. Mm. Um, if Brad crosses. Um, uh, Fame City and finds the top. The race is all over, especially with the easterly early. It would just have to hold form from its debut run to, for them not to be able to catch them. Um, but there is there is a big chance. I think the Fame City can potentially hold up here and may hold up, um, which gives Pikey that card up. Even if Fame City does hold up, Indian Pacific could still be too strong. It's not. Yep. It's not a. Um, doesn't mean Ginger will definitely get over the top of them. But at the current two twenty versus four bucks, that's basically how I've marked this race. Um, 
if you can get something close to the three dollar mark for Indian Pacific again, yeah. which might be a bit ambitious, I'd be definitely looking at having a play. But uh, yeah, something around that mark for either of them, um, Gendra or Indian Pacific, is is probably the go. But a clear lean um, with you, Beach, to, to Indian Pacific here. Yeah, and I, and I simply can't go any further. There's no others I can give a chance to. Yeah, Ginger's is the is the only really logical threat, mm-hmm. isn't she? I yeah. uh, never got out at Bunbury last Sunday. Pike goes on, ticks a few boxes there. Um, only other horse I'd like to keep an eye on is Gestine. I thought it's Bunbury Maiden win was strong. It's going to get a nice run from gate two. Might be able to run third or something at at uh, at a price yep. perhaps. Although it is. It's only eight dollars actually this morning, but um, it can. It's going to get a soft run, and it can run a race. But yeah, Indian Pacific straight to the front. I'm with you, Beach. I'm with you. Race three uh, over the mile. Jeez, this was a thin race, wasn't it? Mm. There really wasn't a huge amount of um, depth to this field. I think if you look at a couple of horses. Um, Sorry, bear with me, Beach. When you look at a couple of horses like uh, Defiantly coming from um, a run down south over there who couldn't hold out perceptive miss last time mm. out. Buddley Lad's only 13 to 1. Um, it's yeah, it's it's questionable where this... Uh, Heartstarter Heart Starter hasn't won for a long time. Heart Starter, no, no. I think I was in nappies when Heartstarter last won a race. Mm. So it's a, um, it's a very thin race. Uh, and for that reason, I found it impossible to go past Megazone here. Um, we, we've, we've discussed the... The Maley Stable and how we think they're starting to track along really nicely. Um, the barrier is obviously a concern here, um, without doubt. But directly underneath her is um, uh, Jade is back on. His heart starter and Black Shadow. So I suspect Jade might look to come across with those two and just tuck in behind him. Alternatively, she could just jag it out to last, look for a sustained run. That She's got a few options here. I, I think even without the best ride, it can still win the race. Um, I just think it really has these ones covered. Um its last start, and it was only the seven days ago, it probably should have won. Uh, Lord help me run, probably also should have won that race too. As you alluded to earlier, Beige, it was just a, a 10 out of 10 from Pikey, which got Midnight Sky um, over the line. And for me, this is easier than yeah, last week's significantly, race. Significantly. Significantly, yeah, exactly right. So I've got Jade either trying to follow those across and finding a spot, going back to last... She sat three deep on this horse two starts ago and it beat Choice Command, who's come out and made that form look pretty good a week ago. So things can go wrong and she can still probably win. Um, The main danger, and for me the only danger, uh, is a horse called Avidus. Yeah, I'm with you there actually, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't think it was suited to the, what went on last start, the blinkers or the winkers went on last start. It isn't a horse that's, not much has gone right this campaign for it. Um, I've got a lot of time for Steel Casey. Uh, I think Avidus will land in behind the speed, probably on the back of... Who you got leading? Uh, I think I had Butterly Lad crossing, finding the top, heart starter um, on his outside. But it, I can see it going a few different ways here. They'll mm. want to go forward with Black Shadow, but it's a musterer. And I think the ones drawn underneath it um, are quicker mm. than it early. So um, I don't think it'll it'll find its spot, but it's nearing a win too, I'd say, Black Shadow. But I just think the race will really pan out well for Megazone. There looks to be enough top-end speed. Uh, even if they're not making a huge amount of ground early, I just think this horse has got panels on him. I've, I've marked it two bucks, and I've suspected – I even – I have take, made the, the notation that I, I wouldn't surprise me if it starts in the red. So the 280 or whatever is available at the moment um, is a good price. And I think that's probably your best bet of the day. Beach. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Malia McNaught can't go wrong. So Megazone looks the standout, obviously, as Terry, Terry has alluded, alluded to. Um, 
star value went really good at its first yeah. first yeah. run back from injury from a long time away from racing but it's got a it's got second a re, it's got a rebound second up yep. off off the break so it's got to be a query uh i tried to make a case for avidus as well i actually think it might end up in front but you reckon it's quick enough early to hold out Heartstart is really pinging at the moment mm. i know it's got a big impost to carry and butterly lads naturally a very quick horse trialed really well mm. it's probably your blowout complete yeah. blowout if, if the easterly is making a big um play early in the day yeah and i suspect the big the big improver is going to be black shadow third up um jimmy taylor jason brown drops from carrying 58 last start to 54 and a half third up at the mile it's the big improver for me i think megazone wins if there's going to be something to knock it off it might be black shadow okay I oh, yeah. very keen Megazone, definitely. I'm gonna definitely that's the best of the day. That's one of, as I said, one of about six best of the day. Uh, the staying race beach. I um, I'm a, a little bit more enthused about this week's mm, staying event me than um, than weeks gone by. I don't so, actually know what you're gonna tip here as well. So, so it's uh, we got race four. It's the Mum Champagne Handicap, 2200 meters, 62 uh, rating 62 plus handicap. Um, looks a real race in two. Well, most people have it in a race in one, actually, with uh, the top weight, Cerise and White, Sentimental Gift, uh, Team Williams, William Pike is the current, I think the best available at the moment is $2. Yeah, sure. Um, but I Thin. am leaning towards a very progressive stay. It's won three in a row, Alimentaria, um, to knock her off. What do you um, think about uh, Chrissy Graham going on? Well, I mean, obviously, you would, William Pike wrote Alimentaria last start to win at Pinjara and she, she cantered mm -hmm. in really with 59. Obviously, you would prefer Pike on um, to, to Chris Graham. However, I think this could be a ride that could suit him if he's positive early and he and he takes a leaf out of what Joseph Azapati did on British Bessie last start. He, mm -hmm. he, he came up with a game plan to beat Sentimental Gift. He got going um, prior to straightening, made a real staying test late and was able to hang on with British Bessie um, outlasting Sentimental Gift. What Chris Graham, the advantage he has is not only there's um, five and a half kilos uh, pulling the weights, but he has he's drawn un um, underneath Sentimental Gift in three. So I think he can land 1-1. One, one. Probably has more 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Probably has more tactical speed as well. Does have more tactical gift. speed. And if he makes Sentimental Gift carry the 60 and uh, and puts Elementaria into the race with momentum, she's going to have to be she's going to be bloody good to run down an inform Elementaria down in the weights, considering the soft run that, um, that my on top pick's going to get. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to play Elementaria to knock off the even money pop sentimental gift what do you reckon terry oh i, I really want to take on um sentimental gift and alimentaria as well to be honest with you um sentimental gifts a nice horse but if you go back through it's, uh, if you go back through her last three things have sort of worked out for them and when they haven't 100 percent worked out for her, even her last five sorry when they haven't 100 percent worked she hasn't she hasn't got the job done i I mean, last week she she should have got price pretty. It was just the perfect ride. He's ridden her so well. I just think with, she's really going to feel the sixty kilos. I don't know if this is a, a a man that's good enough to carry the sixty kilos necessarily. I'm definitely isn't, not isn't, at that, $1 isn't that offset by the draw a little bit uh, potentially? But she can't use the barrier all that well. She she can't use oh. her positive draws all that well. Pike's probably going to settle three or four pairs back, but. I just think she'll really feel the 60 kilos late and I'm um, I'm not saying she can't win but I, I don't want to be anywhere near her at even money. I think I marked her four bucks so she was nowhere near my rated price. Uh, Alimentaria, as you said, it's a, it's a horse that's um, 
it's flying at the at the moment. Tara Steen's done a, a great job. The win two back over the mile was huge when mm. Chris Crame actually rode her and she sat to, Oh god, yeah, absolutely no right to uh, to win that. So that was very impressive. But it's it's hard to bring these horses from um, Narragin Pinjarra than to to Ascot and win a race like this. And that's why I question when you're putting the kid on 57 and a half, that weight's, that weight's fine. But I really thought it was a great opportunity to, yes, Pike's not available, but maybe go with another another senior. Um, but I think a horse, there's a couple of horses that I think are well over the odds here. Um, but the one I've just got in front is a horse by the name of High Energy. Three stars, well, five, let's, I'm going to deep dive high energy very quickly for you, Beach. I promise not to go too long here. Um, last campaign, high energy won, high energy won two races, both deep into a campaign. I think it was start nine, then start 11, 12, 13. This time in, um, the campaign's been going for a while, but he really is racing well. Um, four and five starts ago, he was in a 72 plus, finishing 1.2 missile launch, 2.3, here comes Lenny. Both great form for a race of this nature. Um, he's then come out with the 60 kilos midweek on a track that was suiting those getting off the pace and wide. With his 60 from barrier one, he just wasn't suited that day. Um, it wasn't meant to be his race. Uh, he came out on Kingston Town Day. Uh, Dean Yendel rode him. He led. This horse isn't a leader. He still boxed on well, ran third to Sentimental Gift, and his most recent outing, he's drawn wide, um, and Stevie Parnham jagged him to last, found absolutely no luck in the straight, um, and he um, was beaten about four and a half British Bessie. Jared Noski goes on. Uh, he's drawn to maybe follow the speed across and settle in the first six uh, with cover here, and I think he's the horse that could be peaking this deep into a campaign um i'm really keen to take on the favorites as i said so i think if you can shop somewhere around the 15 dollars mark for high energy he's worth a ticket um and the other one i want to have something on is the horse directly below him um mackenzie brook mm. um quality um mare staying mare uh, the step from 1675 to 2200 is not an easy step to win at her first go at a staying trip this campaign, that's huge. Um, Adam Durant's stayers only tend to get better as their campaigns progress. And I am amazed that she's opened up around the $15 mm. mark as well. I mean, she's got former and the, the good um, three-year-old stayers and, and she could potentially be a, um, a, a real horse on the rise um, uh, as far as getting out to the 2,000 metres plus. So I think both of those runners are currently around the $10, $15 mark. Um, yeah, and I'd want to have something on those two beige, just with a bit of a knock on the two favourites for me. So, And also, I want to have a watch, if you're doing early quaddies or anything of that nature, um, I'd be having Ombudsman and Freedom by choice in. I think this is a race where we'll see a double-figure winner, Beige. Okay, cool. Enthusiastic. All right, so we've just completed race four, so it's time for the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. The quiz questions, we've got four of them. So here we go. Question one. Name the horse that last that won the last thirty two hundred meter Perth Cup, and who was the jockey? Question two: Name the jockey and trainer of nineteen ninety three Perth Cup winner Field Officer. Question three: How many Perth Cups has trainer Justin Warwick won? And name both horses. And Terry, I believe you have a fourth question for the yeah. listeners. Just something I was actually thinking about earlier, Beach. Name the last horse to run in a Perth Cup and then run in a Melbourne Cup. It doesn't have to be consecutively. It doesn't have to run in the Melbourne Cup the next year. Um, but name the last horse that ran in a Perth Cup and then competed. It doesn't have to have competed well. Uh, competed in a Melbourne Cup. 
Interesting one. Mm, that's gonna that's yeah. gonna stump a few. Yeah. That's gonna take some research, guys. So if you can nail all four questions in the Perth Cup themed edition of the WA Racing Mastermind, then you truly are a mastermind. So <laughs> good luck, listeners. So moving on. Race five, the Seapelt, the drives handicap, 1400 meter graduation handicap. How'd you, um, find, how'd you find this race doing the form four page? Yeah, uh, I actually, no, not really. I sort of, oh. one horse stood out for me as soon as I saw the final field. And after after doing my map and my markets, I uh, even though he's he has been a touch unreliable over the journey, I think this, if if he's a gunslinger, is going to win a Saturday race, they don't they don't get better set up for him than this. I don't think. No, it looks pretty suitable, doesn't it? it look, he looks suited on a lot of on a lot of levels. Wait, Gate McNaught. Wait, Gate McNaught. Last start, Ascot fourteen hundred meter winner. Uh, the form around Bolt, um, bolted in too, didn't it? Yeah, one good form around him. Um, pretty strong, I think. Through money matters and put a spell on you. Both racing, uh, both raced well since. From the draw, I think he's going to get almost an identical run to last start. Horses race fit, in form, um, drops in weight, ticks quite a few boxes. For me, I'm keen to play here. Uh, he's a gunslinger. Um, opened up. Uh, well, currently the best available is around six dollars. Is that about right? Yeah, I think it's probably going to start your favourite beach. Yeah, so. I marked him four dollars. Four dollars fifty. That was what I had him this morning. He's around six dollars. Oh, sorry, yesterday. Um, he's around six dollars at the moment. I'm pretty keen on. Um, he's a gunslinger. Funnily enough, because he, he has let me down quite a few times over the journey. But this just looks looks his race. Um, the only other horse at at a bit of value who might um, who might bob up is a horse called Rosebush. Had two uh, two nice runs. This prep has drawn gate one. Fourteen hundred meters is a touch quick. Is a slight query, but it's going to get the nice run from the draw, and it, she's racing really well and should be close to peaking at her third run back from a spell. Um, there's a lot of horses that I could go through to to give a few ticks to, mm. or, or, or say this could win, this could win. But I'm narrowing my focus, and uh, and it's he's a gunslinger for me. Terry, I couldn't have uh, said that much better in regards mm. to you could name a. Uh, half the field and say yeah maybe why this is why this is why but i'm going to also narrow my focus mm. i look gun to my head um i would probably have to have he's a gunslinger on top but as you know i don't mind doing beige i'm going to search for some value mm-hmm. and um i'm going to i'm going to tip one i'm actually going to tip this at the price with a degree of confidence price wise um and it's a it's a horse it's a friend of the podcast actually beige you should be able to pick it from that. You, you tipped it to the listeners a few starts back at a bit of a, at pub, a bit of a price. Pub brawl, yeah, pub brawl. I really, really liked the way um, he hit the line late last start behind Horizon. Looks like a horse that really wants to get out further and wants to get out to the 1400. Ashley Maley is a genius at getting these horses like Why Choose Her, uh, Blue Horse, uh, there'd be a number of others, but they're not coming to me at the moment. Getting these horses to progress from maiden grade um, to the 60 plus sort of um, graduation races at Ascot in a real hurry. So uh, we tipped, well, Megazone won, Mm. uh, when was that? Probably about Two months ago, in a, in a sort of very similar situation where it was coming out of a few runs at Jero and um, it came up and found a suitable race in town and it won at a pretty big price. I don't think we're respecting the way Ashley Maley trains enough uh, as punters at the moment. That win at Pinjarra 2-back was really impressive because Clint's done a bit of work to go forward, hasn't found a spot. He's then gone back. Not much made ground that day. He really had to guts it out to get there. Um, Casino War since won. Um, and there was another horse in that race as well, which has since won. So the form doesn't look too bad. 
In the big field of 16, the wide gate can occasionally be a positive. Um, there's every chance there's going to be a three wide line here. There could even be horses tramping four, four deep. Yeah. Exactly right. It's going to be a messy race. I don't think you want to go too deep into this with your um, with your speed maps and whatnot. But by 3 p.m., the Westleys should be in. Um, they should be able to make some ground. 30s for one yeah. about this horse beach. I don't think I don't think that's the right price. So, um, yeah, sign me up. Something each way. Pub brawl. Okay, cool. Um, before we move on from this race, what do you what do you make of Inspirational Girl? Unbeaten uh, Peter's Investments mare had a hoof abscess earlier this campaign, which meant that she was scratched from a run uh, two or three weeks back. Um, what do we do with her on Saturday? Oh, I've got a lot of trust for the the stable, obviously, yeah. as as we all would have to do. But um, yeah, month between trial and run. First up at fourteen hundred after her debut win was at twelve hundred. To me, it just suggests that they feel the horse is a little bit more dour than she perhaps was last uh, last campaign. So um, yeah, I'd I'd be um, steering well clear of her i don't i'm not a layer because i get too opinionated as you as probably doesn't surprise you Beach. Mm. but um no i'd be steering well clear of uh, of her until she at least shows something on the track after that uh, setback yeah for me i think if she can win after a setback first up at that price then that's just that's yep. just too good yeah you can yep. have her yeah she's not for me the Latrice Classic, the Group Mrs. 3. Mrs. Max. Is this a Group 3? Mrs. Max. I, don't, I haven't had a Mrs. Max for a while, actually, Bate. Are you a barbecue or tomato sauce, man? Tomato sauce, mm, 100%. Mm, questionable, questionable. Uh, this is a Group 3. I didn't realize that. I thought these were listed the whole way through. Uh, well, this looks pretty uh, similar to what we saw a fortnight ago in the Starstruck. Have you got a different looking map at all? Or have you got Snowchino straight to the front? I just think they'll be pretty keen on Like a Butterfly to press forward and sit outside Snow Chino. I don't think I don't think they'll want to let Snow Chino get her own way out in front like she, like she can do. So Like a Butterfly is a stakes winning Ascot 1800 meter mm-hmm. horse. She can roll forward and I'd like to see them be positive and plonk her directly outside uh, or at least girthing Snow Chino in running. My girthing, I don't think we can use that word. <laughs> Oh dear, that's done me. Um, <laughs> in a second to compose myself now. <laughs> I've never heard that used in in uh, racing terminology. Um, do you think that, like, I've got like a butterfly not being able to win this race because I don't. I think she'll have to muster mm-hmm. to get the snow chain and use some tickets. Yeah. Or I think they'll have to jag her out the back where I don't think she can win from, as you alluded to. So. Yeah. Do you think she can do the work and still be too strong late for Snow Chino? I don't think she can win. Yeah. But I think if, if they ride her in, in a certain fashion, it might it might enhance her chances. It, it might it enhances her chances to go forward, but also it might elevate the chances of Ms. Leckie and Perfect Jewel if they happen to get the, the yeah. runs behind. Yep. So and also if if her presence being within a half length or three quarters of a length of Snow Chino or a length in running, whether that impacts Snow Chino out in front because she can travel quite strongly and this is her first crack at 1,800 metres. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I think Snow Chino should jump, rail, lead and win. Um, but it's just the, it's going to be interesting how uh, if, if they try to change what she's good at considering it's her first attempt at 1,800 metres and if they make subtle changes to the way that she likes to race and what her strengths are, what's the what's the impact of that, and who does that who does that advantage? Who who mm-hmm. who comes into the race? For me, I, I'm putting a line through like a butterfly. I think if So is going to get beat, it's obviously it's either Ms. Lecky or Perfect Jewel. We're forgiving um, Perfect Jewel. I'm forgiving Perfect Jewel. Just just yep. pulled its head off the other day. Yep. Blinkers are off and Pike on from gate one. 
you know what he's going to do. He's just going to he's going to put this in the spot, put it asleep. Back, and, back of Mislecki probably. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, for, yeah, Snow Chino, all things being equal, if they just if they can hold their nerve at the first crack at 1,800 metres and let her do her thing, she should be too strong out in front. Uh, if if that doesn't pan out for them for whatever reason, it's a toss-up between Ms. Lecky and Perfect Jewel for who's going to knock her off. I'm going to, I'm going to go for Ms. Lecky as the most likely. Mm-hmm. But strong leaning to, to Snow Chino. I, think the, I don't think the 1,800 metres will trouble her. She's, her figures the other day on a day that didn't suit leaders, was, leaders was significant. And um, I think she's the real deal, Snow Chino. What are your thoughts, Terry? Friend of the podcast horse as well, Mario yes. Delena. So back good yourself. Luck to, yeah, back yourself. Good luck to Mario. Uh, no real strong thoughts here, Beige. I've, I've used all my bullishness in the first five races, probably. Yep. Um, just I, out of curiosity, what did you mark? I'm just about to ask you that as yep. well. $3.15. Yeah, I was $3. Yeah. I, I, I'm wary of going back to the well, especially when you're sort of back in tip a horse at sort of the, the $7 mark. And yep. I just, I'm always wary of going back to the well and things panning out in the same manner or whatnot. But it does look a pretty foolproof speed map, mm. um, even if they do press forward, which I think they should. I, as you said, we'd like a butterfly. I don't think that horse has the pace to challenge. Um, like it'll just be girthing. Yeah. So Chino, I'd say. <laughs> or just camping. camping yeah, just camping. Yeah. There we go. That's what we're going through now. On. Um, <laughs> perfect jewel. Uh, yeah, a bit disappointing. I'm, I'm not sure if she carries a 60. I'm not. I'm just not sure what to what to think of Perfect Jewel. But yeah, you're a brave man to put a lot. You'd be a brave man to put a line through her. That's for sure. Miss mm. Lecky should be fitter. We have to remember she had a month between the railway and the Starstruck last time out. So she's a horse that should benefit from that. And also from the from the draw the other day, Jade had to be really positive, yeah. and, and she just had to tag Snow Chino. But from gate Is that two, gonna she does again. But. Yeah, but from gate two, she doesn't have to ask her for as much yeah, early. Okay. That, that's the only thing. And I, I suspect that the, Ms. Lecky is looking for the 1800 now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I'm a big Ms. Lecky fan, so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see her win. Uh, I'm going to have a, the tiniest of specs, and I don't, I don't think this horse is up to them class-wise, but if, if Troy can just hold a slightly closer spot at mm. around about 25 to 1, Something small on Aconite each way, just because I'm not that excited about all the other prices. Nothing else has really come up above mine. So I've, I've marked Aconite around about the $15 mark. So if you can get 26 to 1, that's that's worth a very, very small little play. Has ran second in a Belmont Guineas. Uh, two Ms. Lecky, actually, uh, as a youngster. It was so, a pretty good run the other day. Aconite. Yeah, it was, really, it was a really yeah. nice run the other day. Fifth, fifth in the uh, Starstruck, yep. Yeah, and, and what, what Lucy does um, as well is um, just when they when she knows she, she did nothing wrong here, when, when she knows that it's going to finish in a certain position. She sits up late. I think the horse could have probably finished a length closer or something if she really pushed it out, but she didn't need to. So, um, yeah, I think if, if Troy can hold a spot from um, from the gate and, and, and stalk the right horse into the race... Um, Crazy things have happened, so I'm just going to have something very small, Aconite Beige, but uh do think Snow Chino will be hard to run down. Good. He's lucky to improve too. Uh, the Summer Scorcher. Race seven. Yeah, no Vega magic. Disappointing, isn't it? So uh, excited to see Faber Gino back at the track. Um, it looks as though... The form yard, the form Tiana Robertson yard as well. Is, yeah, which we've, um, we've spoken about Tiana on the podcast. We have, we certainly have. And I I suspect the plan with Fabagino going forward is just to keep um, keep her fresh and attack these 1,000 metre listed races. I mean, I was just uh, amazed that she gets in with the 54 and a half. I guess I didn't realise she was only a 91 rider. 
Um, and that's after copping nine points for her last win too. But uh, how good does um, the form from her last win look now <laughs> after the campaign that uh, Flirtini and, well, Stageman probably didn't have the numerical campaign, but yeah, he was he went super, flying. Yeah. He just couldn't yeah. get a run the entire yeah. campaign. So, um, that so yeah, the, the Flirtini Stageman form is hot, 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 hot. And, and also when she won, she ran 57.04. For the thousand at Ascot, mm-hmm. which is low flying, yeah, That's quick, which is isn't it? speed. That's quick. Can they get nearer your beach? I just think the only way she gets speed is if she doesn't, if she's just not a not herself. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the only times we've really seen seen her um, perform, perform below expectations is um, um, when she's stretched out beyond a thousand, I suppose, or taking a sit, or taking a sit. Yep. Yeah. So yep. um, they've they've worked out to keep her fresh. To target specific races, thousand meter races, um, and um, and that's how Tiana Robinson has Fabergino at her brilliant best. I think she's she if she's if she's anywhere near right, she should just jump rail lead and win. You can probably trust the stable at the moment as well, especially because a she can just follow the blueprint. Tiana can follow the blueprint from the Crawford. Yep. Um, and b she's just training winner after winner at yeah. the moment. She'd have an amazing strike, right? Yeah. I'm not sure what the exact numbers. And are, Peter, but, um, Peter Nucky rides like has, has learned yep. to 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 ride this horse so well. I think he rides her in all her work as well. Mm-hmm. So he they you know I, and I don't think they they risk her. So if she wasn't spot on, they they wouldn't they wouldn't be bothered bothered going around because she's quite a fine and quite a um. What's the word I'm looking for? She's quite delicate. A delicate, that's yes. the word. A delicate uh, mare is Fabergino. But when There's she. three um, slow ones drawn underneath her as yeah, well. When, so she finds a rail yeah. easy. And so when she's on song, she's like one, she's one of the fastest horses in the state. So so all things being equal, Fabergino wins. Mark, I could, what I, price? I had a 250. So um, I think you would probably have a shorter than that. I would, yes. You, you, you know me well. Dollar eighty-five. Um, I feel you can have a degree of confidence with these type of horses where they simply just have to run time. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you said, the fifty-seven oh four wins this horse race. So. Yeah. Um, can you make well, a case for essential spice? Uh, I I can purely because it's drawn one. Yeah. So essential spice is a. We've seen how explosive she was last campaign. Uh, sitting and sprinting she doesn't need to do that she yeah. just drew ugly so she had to go back this is a horse that has won leading or breezing in the past leading, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure yep yeah. um, so I think Joey will probably look to hold Fabricino's back not sure if that does occur might end up a pair further back but mm. um, yeah the last win was good um, but she'll want to improve on that first up win only beating yeah. undisclosed by a half uh, I mean arguably Hoboken should have beaten um, both of them I'm actually quite surprised that Steve's riding um Belter over Hoboken. That might be a bit of a pointer that um, that uh, Sean Casey's got Belter somewhere back to his best. I really mm-hmm. hope he does get somewhere back to his best because he was a pretty exciting horse to watch. But um, yeah, his trial was really sharp. It was, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he took a nice firm hold late, Steve, didn't mm. he? So yeah, I, I think this is a, it's an intriguing race after Fabergino, but uh, I think Essential Spice might just need another run and might be run off um, her legs a little bit. By, she she by might Fab. have to be be a bit closer than out of the comfort zone, which which might impact her closing speed. 100%, 100%. Okay. All right. So 100%. really, really, all th- yeah, as we said, Fabergino should can, win. What about... Wh- if you can double your money, Fabergino, I'm happy. Yeah, good. I'm happy being here. Okay. What about, um, before we move on, the Kelp. Is he one of the most underrated horses in the state? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, I think for me, I, um, I've, 100%. I've completely misread the Kelt. 
Um, for one of the most underrated trainers, for one of the most underrated jockeys as well, Beach. Yeah, so he's um, he's coming back after after a surprise. It's fair to say oh, a surprise. Yeah. AJ yeah, yeah. Scalehill. We, we threw him out of the Maddie that day. Yeah, didn't have a cent on, but yeah. After yeah, he won the four hundred meter scale mm-hmm. at Wait for Age. He comes back to a thousand. He maps one one really. Um, uh, so he's he's got he's got the class and and he's got the score on the board now as as a really established yep. black type performer with the 59 should just be run off his legs by a horse like Fabergino with 54 and a half though like i i'd be surprised if he's got um yeah over 1200 i'd i'd suggest he'd be an outside hope but uh back to the 1000 with the big weight um yeah i think they'll be looking for a little bit further with the kelp yeah, it just does look set up perfectly for the brilliant flying Fabergino. looking forward to uh to us uh, seeing her back at the track and she might uh she might actually put him away here as well there's a chance she doesn't just win this but uh win this yeah, yeah potentially potentially but um good luck to the pierce boys with the central spice as well so bj perth cup it's time it is time so for all the negativity around this perhaps being a quieter year with the perth cup and uh they're not being the um the depth or the quality or any interstate raiders let's be from here on let's be positive let's look forward to another edition um of the group two perth cup and let's try and find a winner beach because i must admit i'm i'm not too bullish on anything here the tab touch perth cup tab touch 2400 meters mm-hmm. um so in my preview the leg up i uh, i wrote that peter's investments have won six of the last 10 perth cups and really the market suggests and everything suggests that they've got a mortgage on winning another one through Mississippi Delta and Star Exhibit. Uh, they stand out as the two obvious winning chances. But for me, I'm going to spec on the Warhorse Taxigano to upset the Cerise and White Apple car. It's been a good horse to you, hasn't he? Tax? He has been a good yeah. horse to me. And he... Uh, You're getting the price as well. In all fairness, that's... I think you're getting an each way price, aren't you? They're eight, nine bucks or whatever. Yeah, and he's going to in a in a race that doesn't have an obvious leader, he's either gonna be he's gonna be in exactly where he wants to be. He might even be able to find the front. Um may even be able to find the front well, rather. So who's who's gonna lead? That's I was gonna say, Beach, the most in- interesting part of this horse race is trying to decipher a speed map. We're not gonna be the only ones that are gonna be looking at this and going, Okay, there is no real leader on paper here. Mm. But I'm gonna very, very quickly go through the field. Star exhibit can't jump well, Arctic Scream can't jump well. British Bessie has some early speed and I think from ten the plan will be to go forward and find a spot. Similar you just mentioned that last week uh, against Sentimental Gift. Yeah. So I think British Bessie by accident will be left in the first four. Yeah. Um, Dark Musket can't jump. Firefox they want to settle forward, but it simply can't jump. Uh, missile launch, they will have a real strong they'll really they'll want cover. They they'll can they, cover, they can yeah. go through and they can yeah. see its best runs. He tied cover. tied badly over yes. twenty two hundred last leading yes, last start. Exactly yeah. right. But they need to be careful. If he wants cover, he has to take a hold because this horse jumps okay. Mm. And in a race like this, that could mean you lead. So Paddy needs to take a strong hold. Mississippi Delta jumps quite well. Um, I know on paper it doesn't look that way, but I, I think with Pike on, he'll be thinking with the weight, I want to settle ahead, well ahead of Star Exhibit here. I am concerned that Mississippi Delta gets left out in front. That's what I think. Real wow. love-esque. Big call. Yeah, real love-esque. So that's what I think. British Bessie and um, Mississippi Delta from 10 to 11 will both look to go forward. Leaders, yeah. They won't want to, but nothing's going to come and take them on. Plays the game, can't jump. Uh, Prince Turbo, blinkers are off, and they've made it really clear they want to go back and take a hold. Wouldn't surprise me if once they sit down and do a map, they go, well, maybe we do go forward again. I, d- I don't know. But um, prize catch raced poorly last start. I don't think Prince Turbo 
did a lot wrong the other day. I think the the, the tearaway leader ombudsman yep. uh, impacted his ability to finish off the race. I think he's a natural on pace. I don't really know that they need to deviate too far from what was working mm-hmm. for them. However, you know, they might think up in class, um, first crack at 2,400 metres, that they might look to, to, to change things up. But, yeah, he, he could go forward. Yep. yep. Prize catch was a was poor a week ago, and that was when uh, he raced without cover. So I'm expecting Jade to jag from 12. Royal Command doesn't go super quick early, but from one, can hold leaders back. Spiritual Warrior, I think they prefer a sit, but obviously it can go forward if mm-hmm. need be. And Taxigano, I think, will be happy to end up out in front and control it at a pace which suits him. Mm. His last two wins over, sorry, he ran second to missile launch in the Tattersalls, but his last two efforts over 2000 have both been on pretty slow speeds. And I think he'll um, he'll be probably the most suited by that. He's not necessarily gonna get a real strong hard run 2400, but this looks, this could be run farcically. Like, this looks really, really concerning. It's a shame that a horse like Ombudsman isn't in the race, yeah. um, just, to, just to put some speed into the event. So. I, I don't know speed map wise. I suspect we might see Taxigana left out in front, but I also would not be surprised to see a very surprised leader in Mississippi Delta Beach. That's wild. It is wild. And I'm a bit nervous because I've basically a long way, well, a long way out. A couple of weeks ago, I, I got the gist that uh, Regal Power was going to be scratched. So I've dutched the two of them in Star Exhibit about 650 in Mississippi Delta. Tick over four to one. And I've, I've had a fair, old, uh, a fair old go. And I don't know how I feel about that. But I don't know if I was Pike, what, what would you do? Like, mm. Where would you go in the run? And I, I can't really... I don't know. I just think it's the move which makes sense. Her effort in I'd, last I'd love Mississippi Delta to go forward. If you're on tax again. Yeah. Yeah, because you think it'll be tougher than it late. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And, they, and, and, Miss, and Pike will really want to control the tempo, which probably doesn't work into Star Exhibit's hands either. No. If they don't go that hard. So. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, it's, it'll be fascinating. It'll be, if, if it's nothing it is, less, it is a very a interesting tactical affair. Cup, tactical cup. Yeah. yeah. We need to look at Mississippi Delta's run in last year's Perth Cup. Three deep the trip, um, no cover on a reasonable tempo. Mm. Um, pumped and tucked in behind a few. And she's found the line again over 2,400. This this mare can really stay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Beach. I'm, I'm not really all that bullish on anything um, to be honest I really do believe those two are the class runners Star Exhibit yeah. and Mississippi yeah. Delta and I'm just going to be sticking um, with how I've dutched them cool yeah so I'm um, I think it's Mississippi Delta and Star Exhibit the Cerise and White versus Taxagana and Spiritual Warrior that, that's they're, they're the what that's they're the four winning chances for mine yep. out um, and I'm have a, have a leaning towards Taxagano I'm sticking with him dropped six kilos on his on his brave last start win he's uh, he's in career best form Brad Parnham stick in the left please Brad and um, <laughs> and Taxagano is going to be very hard to beat especially if it turns into a slugfest late mm. good luck getting past Taxagano mm-hmm. the uh, there is one other horse for me that could be a bit of a surprise packet, and it is the other Cerise and White Peters Investments runner, Royal Command. Not the right setup. I think it's eighteen hundred to twenty four hundred meters, um, racing a fair way out of out of the handicap under these weight conditions. However, worth a throw. He's worth. It's worth a throw. He's drawn one. He's going to get the softest run. In the race, I believe. Might know um, himself at fifty-three. Yeah, it? it's it's not going to be a testing twenty-four hundred meters. So the journey doesn't necessarily um, come into a, a factor as you would expect. Um, you expecting? Sorry, just thinking about this even more. So if you're if you're a trainer of a horse like plays the game or someone who's won over twenty-three hundred and a hard one twenty-three, are you telling Kyra? 
at the at the twelve hundred circle them and mm. go like if you're on a if you're on something that mad this could turn into a really weird old horse race could i think do. i'm i'm just saying i'm nervous about the uh the investment of place as well would be uh, probably the world's biggest understatement what do you think of royal command though as as um yeah i'm with you i'm yeah. with you in that sense 100 percent. yeah 60 end of the 53 just just the right um the, the stable knows how to get a, a stay a fit for their first go at a journey so yeah there's he's definitely um definitely the blowout so I think, yeah if, if i took the four mate uh, major players out of this race mm-hmm. and if and did and framed a market i i think royal command would be favorite do you know yes. what I mean? so yeah i think it'd be very close to being favorite. yeah so um yeah i think that uh short it's a good ride for sean mcgrady mm-hmm. uh box seat or rail in, rails in run from one to spend no petrol in running could uh, i think you should be including him in your in your multiples for sure he could he could sneak under the guard a touch but but yeah um very intriguing edition of the tab touch perth cup looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds on saturday I'm gonna. Uh, I'll end up on Star Exhibit though. Beige as a tip. You got to give it. I've got to give a tip for the and that, and day, Yeah, so. he's. We forgot to Just mention he's going for the his third uh, uh, yes, history history yes, making yes. third Perth Cup. Exactly right. And exactly um, right. Peter Hall. Um, he cup. can probably settle a bit closer as well from six. He doesn't have to be last from six. No, so. it just depends how he jumps because he's, he's a bit of a funny yeah, bugger, isn't he? Yeah, is. he certainly is. So, But, I mean, he's actually, despite the fact he's the only horse not in the minimum, he's actually very well weighted. It's only um, your horse, Taxagano and Mississippi Delta, which uh, get in at the right weights against him. All the rest should be carrying 10, 10 kilos less or whatever it should be individually. But, yeah, star exhibit for me. For a uh, There'll be a good feel around Ascot, I reckon, as well, if, uh, if Hawley can win his uh, third cup. Good stuff. And Taxagano for me. Go the uh, go the Warhorse for uh, Hall of Famer Fred Kersley. Um, okay, it's time for the last, Terry, and we all know what that means. Get out uh, S-T-E-A-K-S. The, yeah, the very, very popular Get Out Stakes, sponsored by Market City Meats. To enter, please tw- uh, jump on Twitter at the11pod. Uh, send through who you think is going to win the last and a decimal winning margin. So whoever is nearest the pin, they win themselves a $50 uh, steak pack courtesy of Market City Meats. That's gourmet steak from uh, from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. So get your um, get your entries in and you could uh, you could uh, be the winner of this week's Get Out Steaks. Um, it could just about be a carryover this week, Beige. Could be a carryover. <laughs> Tough finish. It's good to see a, a sort of foolish, almost full field um, rounding out the, mm-hmm. the day on Perth Cup Day. So it's the Crown Perth Handicap. 1,200 metres for the 72-plus brigade. Um, Terry, mm. do you have any leanings, anything you can push our listeners into? Oh, not super excited here. From a speed map point of view, I'm quite interested to see how it all pans out. Um, I think they'll be pretty keen to hold up with prevailing winds, but has been a horse that can miss it occasionally and get further back than they hope. Uh, I think the instructions with Harry Grace on Yeah Daddy will be to roll, mm. but again, isn't the quickest horse in the world. And then Iconian from 11, I tipped that basically is unbeatable a month ago. It has had a month off since that complete and utter failure, so I dare say something when I miss that day. Um, there's a chance that Iconian could even cross from 11 and find the top. So either way, I think there'll be a fair bit of speed on here. Metallic Bell, Lord Ludlow, those type of horses are quick enough if, if that's the tactics they decide to employ um, on their day. But I think you're going to see enough top-end speed in this race, Beach. I think the two most people are going to look at um, are going to be Festival Miss and Pablo's Poem. 
Festival Miss trolled pretty well. One first up last campaign. I don't know if you remember the win, Beach, but everything went right against uh, Father Nick, who ran second. Father Nick should have won that race from memory. So Pikey never left the fence, did he, yeah, that day? Yeah, well, what's, what's probably going to happen here? Mm. You probably won't leave the fence again. So I, I just think four bucks is about the right price, Festival Miss. I think I think that's pretty much uh, on the money. Um, we saw him do it in the last, uh, a week ago with Morning Song, where he took a, a reasonable animal, but not definitely not one of Bob's best, and lifted, um, lifted it over the line. But I'm just a bit wary at both those prices. Pablo's Poem, I know it's a horse you quite like, Beach, but first up for 406 days. Both career wins have been when leading or breezing. He hasn't jumped all that well in either trial. So this is, uh, it's gonna have to probably take a sit here just off them. Um, could brain them, but this is the type of horse I'm always happy to take on. Um, a runner first up after such a long period for not the biggest stable um, in the state. But I mean, I, I can see how he will be the horse that everyone wants to be on. Um, he's drawn well, he's weighted well in a 72 plus, he's a 72 raider. Um, He's been tuned up nicely with trial wins uh, in a second by Vega Magic and Belter. But I'm just, I'm going to stay out uh, of him. I'm going to have something very small, Beach, again. And this is, this is probably my least confident bet of the day. Something very small and a horse that should have um, bolted in first up last campaign. And I think he might be a horse, I think he might be a better horse that does his best racing fresh. And that's um, Debelatio. Whoa. Yeah. Didn't see me going there, did you? No. I didn't see myself going there, to be honest. Um, just it was it was an absolute moral beating first up last uh, last time in. I think if in the massive field in the big field uh, near capacity, if we can see a three four wide line, Troy can have a midfield with cover, and if they are unleashing mm. down the centre of the track, um, yeah, he's not impossible. He's only about twenty five to one at the moment. I reckon we might even see a bit more than that come jump. But uh, wait for the pattern. If they're making ground down the centre of the track, very small little each way play on Debelacio Beach. Good one. I like you it. You should see his face right now. He's in, he's in utter shock. <laughs> I like it. Um, that'd be a good one for the get-out stakes, Terry. You might, you, you, you might win the stakes all on your I'd own I'd be there, disappointed. Mate. I'd be disappointed if I tipped Devilatio by one and it won by a length and a half and somebody had a length and a half. <laughs> You'd be dirty, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would be, you would be pretty wild. I'm... Um, yeah, as you alluded to, I've been waiting for Pablo's poem. I like the fact that Sean Casey gave him a second trial as well um, after after such a long layoff. Obviously, he is going to be vulnerable 406 days between runs, but he just looks like he's a horse that is well set in this grade. He's got a lot of class about him. His two trials have been really strong from gate four, even if he is a touch. I don't mind the fact that he doesn't need to bounce a lead and and uh, or breeze. Yep. I think he's gonna get a nice smother in this in this race, which is gonna gonna suit him first up. If he's coiled up, he just needs galloping room on the bend and uh, in the straight. If he gets that, he is going to be very, very hard to beat. The price isn't quite where I want it to be, to be honest, Terry. I reckon it'll keep coming too. To me, he just profiles as the money horse. He yep. just profiles as the horse that everyone's going to want to be on in mm. the last. What about Festival Miss though? Do you think that the... Yeah, but again, I think it's a bit like Morning Song last week. <laughs> Excuse me, got out from $4 to five fifty late. It's not a very fashionable horse, Morning Song. It simply isn't... Um, we know how good Pike rides it. That's the issue. So, and that's, I mean, from Barrier One, that's what should happen on Festival Miss here. But no, I suspect that um, Pablo's poem will start a, a clear favourite um, in the race. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I got, I got the last run last week. I was very keen on Barramagic, but my pricing was, was a bit off. And he continued to firm and almost started favourite, I think. Did um, start favourite. Did think, start yeah. favourite. So, so my, maybe my pricing is, is a bit off. I was thinking more along the lines of $4, Pablo's, mm-hmm. Pablo's poem. Um, built into that is the risk factor coming back from such a, a long layoff. But if um, if Terry, if what Terry's saying pans out, then maybe the the three eighty that's available at the moment might end up being might end it's up a hard one, isn't it? Because that is does look thin, especially in the big field. And you can see money coming for a few of them. I mean, looking at the Gunner Go was huge last start. It's mm. nearly twenty to one. Um, Guns and Navarone is probably the most underrated horse. One two of its last four starts at twenty five bucks plus. Fair view, right down on the weights. Um, looks a, a nice chance. Plutocracy, yeah, look out, favorite for, look, over out for fair, look out for Fairview swooping, yeah, yeah with, yep. with strength, like, yeah, yeah, yep. and even the Naconian. If you can forgive that one run, um, he was flying and he might just about find the top here with uh, with nothing on his back, so yeah, I can see why money could come elsewhere, but uh, Pablo's poem to me looks like the the horse that they'll that everyone's gonna find, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. What I about so. um, what about prevailing winds? Hasn't mm. done a lot wrong. Uh, was pipped on a day that didn't suit looters, yep. leaders the other day. Yep. Um, and had to do, I think the key thing with prevailing winds as effort that day is watch the first 100 metres of that race. It shouldn't have had the kick it had at the end considering the work um, that was done early. So really, really meritorious run. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be going very wide in my quadrilla. That's all I know, Beige, and I reckon I'll find a, a spot for prevailing winds in there too. Probably find a spot for half the field, in all honesty, though. But, um, yeah, very small debellatio each way for me. But uh, you might be probably better off sticking with B just if you... Pablo's poem for yeah, me. Yeah, should run a race. Terry, it's time for our one bet. So it's not two bets. It's not three bets. not four bets. It's one bet on the day. It's funny you say that because I've got several written down. <laughs> I thought I'd decide as I went along. What did you, uh, what did you, what did you settle on as your one well, bet? Well, we've settled on. So one bet, just to clarify, is if we're only having... One bet for the Gun day. Gun to the head. It's not necessarily your best. It's just if you're having one bet for the day. If I was only allowed to have one bet for the day, it would be Pub Brawl um, at the 30 to 1 page. That would be um, my one bet for the day. My best would be Megazone, though. I feel like I've just cheated a little bit there. My best would be Megazone. But my one bet, if I was allowed one bet for the day, it would be uh, Pub Brawl. How about yourself, Paige? Okay, well, we're at opposite ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Because <laughs> my one bet is short, uh, but I think that I really like Indian Pacific as a horse. Yeah. I think in race two of the day, I think he is going to bounce straight to the front and I just, yeah, I think he's just going to run them ragged. Race two, Indian Pacific for Brad and Neville Parnham. What about your Maddie, Terry? You actually threw out quite a few Maddies in the preview. Can I go? And, and you got you got pub brawl as your one bet, so maybe we need to find a four hundred one pop or something like that for your for your true man. <laughs> what have we got? Uh, look, let's uh, let's go with. Um, can I tip pub brawl again? Surely I can. It's over twenty to one. It's mad. It's my one bet. It's everything. Well, interesting. I'm sticking with pub brawl. I'm it, sticking with pub brawl as my Maddie as interesting. well. Interesting. Maley's got a few runners that that. Uh, classify as Maddie's on the day as well. Yeah, he does. Push to pass. Yeah. Skin and tins even in the last oh, buck. Gee, that can't but, win. but my Maddie yeah. is Maley. Race one, first start, a horse called All Day yeah. Session. Don't mind um, that. Show a bit of gate speed in the trials. Yeah, liked well, its trials. Yeah. It's got, it looks like it's a really nice horse. Stables flying. Covers the ground. Jared Noski on board. Currently, there's about a 34... Thirty-four dollars, thirty-three to one is the best available. All day session is what my Maddie 
Perth Cup day on Saturday. He had a debutante midweek, Regal City, that ran a really good race as well. So he's getting him ready to go for their burst up run. So uh, I don't mind that, BG. I don't mind that, BG. What do I call you? BG, one of the BGs? Cross, what did I just say? Uh, we might need to cut that out, Jen. Uh, <laughs> you right. B- BG's fine. I've been called worse. Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> okay, uh, horses to follow, Beige. Okay. Um, where are you at? Well, um, I settled on a couple of three-year-olds from the Adam Durant stable. I believe Money Matters uh, breezed and boxed on really well in the first at Ascot last Saturday. He's ready to win third up next start. And there was a horse, he's very green, does a lot wrong behind the gates, uh, raced at Bunbury first up last Sunday. It looks like he's very got a lot of raw ability. Is a horse called Great Heist. Mm. So they're the two three-year-olds from the Adam Durant stables that are horses to follow. Uh, my final horse to follow is a Cerise and White runner by the name of Expressionist. Probably should have won on debut at Pinjarra yesterday. It's funny that Pike wasn't on, wasn't very, it? Very, very mm. interesting that Pike wasn't on. But if it, if Peter Hall was able to angle out into the clear a touch sooner, I think Expressionist would have made a winning debut at Pinjarra. They're my, they're my three to follow. What have you come up with, Terry? Uh, we're going to follow a horse called Burning Pride when William Pike goes back on. It's a horse that's um, he's ridden seven times for three wins at its other 14 career starts. It has never saluted. So uh, we might be looking for a class five midweek or a, a little uh, 60 plus graduation on a Saturday. Not not a high class race, but uh, it's just a horse that goes to William Pike and you can put a line through a lot of its last, um, some of its recent runs. So I think you might even get a little price about it. Uh, down to the deep south and we want to follow Not A Mocker yeah. um, at its next start, hopefully over 12 or 1400. Uh, had no luck at its last couple of runs and uh, it really probably does need to find a 70 plus now because it's getting a little bit up in the ratings uh, if it races in the 58 pluses it, it needs to uh, have the kid on and it just becomes a little bit more difficult then think it wins basically regardless in a 70 plus next start as long as um, yeah a 70 plus is the, is the key and uh, another one we'll follow up on Lace Vinsky uh, I think Carberry probably pulled the wrong rein last week when he um, got to the front and then sort of jagged or he just needed to continue to show aggression back to the 1100 he was never sitting and winning the former and not to be missed is huge I do want to see change of jockey I think it'll be a, a case of a change of jockey a change of luck um, but back up to 12, 13, 1400 Lace Vinsky should be winning a race pretty soon Beige. okay so top-notch trialers uh i've found a horse that was um quite well hidden in a trial at belmont on the uh, 23rd of december it's an unraced horse by the name of el mahalo terry go back and have a look at this horse's trial troy turner colin webster was quite well smothered el mahalo keep an eye on it love a good smothered trial when it steps out and interestingly enough we had um, had a follower on Twitter called King of the West asked us about a couple of horses that we hadn't seen for a while. One of them was Solid Azza mm-hmm. from the David Harrison stable. Has had one start for one win at York. Was quite impressive that day. Ridden by Lee Newman. Sat wide throughout, naturally, and uh, got the job done. <laughs> I stayed out there. And um, Solid Azza actually trialed at Lark Hill on uh, the 30th of December. This m- Monday just gone. And it uh, trialed really well. Okay. Uh, with one, it's heat. Joseph has a party in the saddle. So King of the West put it, gave us a little pointer there. So it's called Solid Azza. So that's a, that's a top-notch trialer from me also. You found any from the trials, Terry? No. No, I only really do the trial form when I'm... Um 
looking at a race, to be honest, Beach. So Fair enough. Uh, maybe it could be my New Year's resolution to be a little bit more uh, on top of the trialing situation. Or I'll just leave that to you, I think, actually, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. Don't mind the old top-notch trialers. No, you don't mind them. So um, now we move on to our Whatever Happened To segment. So just quickly, Whatever Happened To Cryptic Wonder, we asked the question, it's been answered, and the horse was reproduced at the Lark Hill Trials on Monday, winning its heat comfortably. He looks like he's back in a big way and on track for the three-year-old Magic Millions at Pinjara coming up. Um, keep an eye out for Cryptic Wonder. But the horse that I was interested in, I was just doing some old form and came across um, Money Maher from mm. the Pierce Brothers. Now, this horse has a lot of talent. He's won a, quite a few feature races, actually, as a three-year-old. Um, now, he came back uh, as a four-year-old, had uh, one first up, and then he went and missed second up. So um, just going to track down the progress of Money Maher. So we'll put the feelers out to the camp and find out how he's tracking. I believe he had a pretty serious injury that he's uh, on the comeback trail from. So uh, if, if, if the Pierce brothers can ever get Money Maher back on track, then he's uh, he's well and truly a black type, high quality top end talent horse. So look forward to seeing him back in action at some stage. Certainly is. I think he did a ligament. I think it's the second time in a, uh, an early, second time in his career it happened as well. So uh, that was, Six, seven months ago now, so let's hope he's uh, not too far from uh, getting back to the tracking uh, in one piece because uh, I do know the Pierces have a, a very big opinion of him, as you would. As you would. And, and also, any listeners out there, if you want us to track down uh, any horses that um, haven't been see- seen for a while, just add us at the 1-1 one, one pod and we will do our best to, uh, to find out what's going on with some of those horses. Okay, Terry, that brings us to the end of episode seven. Don't forget that we've got the Perth Pub Tour coming up on January 10. So uh, make sure you jump on Twitter or jump on the Perth Pub Tour website for more information. Um, Perth Cup Day, it's going to be a ripper out of Ascot this Saturday. Hopefully everyone has a fantastic start to 2020. But yeah, it's time we said goodbye, I think, Terry. It is, it is. Uh, Again, we just want to encourage as many people to come out and and join us uh, on the Friday uh, for the the pub tour. I'm very much looking forward to meeting a lot of people and uh, uh, and discussing racing with uh, as many of you as we possibly can. But uh, onwards and upwards to Perth Cup Day tomorrow, Beach. Anyone that's on track, come and say hello. I'm sure we won't be floating far away. And um, I hope you find a winner. And until next week on the 1-1. One, one.